on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Rutia. Gabby, I want to inform our listeners now that, you know, spring football is kind of slowing down. Uh, we're kind of in that off-season phase. Shows might be happening more at a once-per-week pace. Now, if breaking news happens or, or we got to jump on it and provide an emergency podcast we will certainly do that but at this point i would just expect once a week shows we'll try and deliver longer shows considering it is once a week uh but that'll be kind of the expectation maybe between now and i don't know maybe during the month of june when recruiting starts picking up we'll 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 do more regular shows then um but I guess between now and June 1st, let's just expect once a week. So for this show, Gabby, basically what I want to do is, is provide a, a view of the roster where you and I are honest, ruthlessly honest in terms of where Miami stands with the goal of, and I set this goal, um, I'm going to call, you know, we're going to say, we're going to call this above the line, whether or not Miami's at each position. So position by position, are they above the line in terms of being a 10 win type team and, or a team that can make the ACC championship game. So this isn't even to say like an ACC championship caliber team, but let's call it a 10 win team that can make the ACC championship. I guess, you know, an easy way to say this is maybe like the 2017 version of the Miami Hurricanes. And again, every 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 team has its strengths and its weaknesses. Just because we don't like Miami at a certain position group, that doesn't mean those things can't be overcome or addressed. Um, but I figured it'd be a instructive exercise to provide our thoughts in terms of where Miami is at each position group relative to, hey, can they win 10 games? Can they make the ACC championship game? And Gabby, I asked, I did the same. I asked you to go back and look at basically 10 win teams and or ACC championship caliber teams um, going back to 2020. I don't think there's necessarily a clear-cut juggernaut of a team in the ACC this year. Of course, there's always going to be favorites and teams expected to do well, but there's not like a Clemson when they were rolling or a Florida State when they were rolling type of juggernaut of a team. 
Um, and so that's why it's, I feel like it's instructive to just say, hey, can, can Miami be a 10-win team at different position groups? Where are they okay at and where are they deficient at? Where are they maybe good enough? You know, we'll see. Um, but anyways, that's enough rambling. Let's start at quarterback. Gabby, we know now after last week, Tyler Van Dyke is expected to return at Miami. He will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal made a lot of changes to the offensive approach this offseason to try and get the best out of Tyler Van Dyke. We know what Tyler can be at his best. We know what Tyler can be, you know, when things aren't going so great. So I guess when we go back and look at how does Tyler compare to 10-win ACC championship game caliber quarterbacks, where does he stand? Is he above the line, just below the line, right at the line? Where yeah, do you take it? I mean, I think he's – I think he's – I don't. I think in some ways he's above the line. Like, do I think essentially? I mean, again, you look at the quarterbacks that led some of these teams. I mean, it, it, they're, the 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 stats aren't always. This, I mean, so most of them are. I mean, we're talking about DJ Uyunglele, Drake May, uh, Kenny Pickett at Pitt. We're talking about Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, Trevor Lawrence at one time, Ian Book. Like, do I think Ty, uh, Tyler Van Dyke is better than Ian Book? And you know, definitely uh, DJ Uyunglele for sure. But then, I mean, you start looking at some of these other quarterbacks, and you know, some of them obviously vary in their styles. But I think as a pure passer, Tyler Van Dyke could potentially be, you know, a, an above the line quarterback, someone that can potentially lead uh, Miami to to ten wins. But then, I mean, you look at just like again, how how far can he really take it? I mean, because again, you look at like what what Drake May did last year. I mean, he was you know well over. 4,000 yards. Uh, you know, he, he just put up insane numbers. Kenny Pickett put up ridiculous numbers at Pitt. Sam Hartman did the same at Wake Forest, you know, during that 2021 season, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like the, the, the standard is pretty high. Right. So I think as, as a passer, I think that Tyler Van Dyke, we saw flashes of it. I mean, we haven't seen it as consistently as we've, as we've wanted to, if we're basing it off the 2022 season, I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely have my questions, but I think we, we've seen from him just during spring or, you know, in the spring, game uh you know i thought that he showed that he could be you know a big time passer someone that can put up the numbers necessary to lead miami potentially to 10 wins but there was one thing david that i feel like he's well below the line at and i think that there is a mobility factor with all these quarterbacks yep. and i'm not saying that tyler or any of these quarterbacks are you know quote unquote dual threat guys but i'm just going to read these off real quick uh dj young last year 545 yards seven touchdowns on the ground uh, Drake May, 698 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 241 yards, five touchdowns on the ground. Sam Hartman, 364 yards, 11 touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, eight rushing touchdowns. Ian Book, 485 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. Tyler Van Dyke has never ran for more than 57 yards in a season, and that came on 53 carries. So I do think that mobility factor um, is something that maybe kind of ha has me hesitant. Like, is Tyler Van Dyke the quarterback to lead my... And I'm not saying that this is the the basis of my argument. Like I do think Tyler Van Dyke is a great quarterback, but when we're talking about a complete quarterback that leads Miami to a potential ACC championship, I do think that that just, again, I'm not saying he is, I don't think he's a statue. I think we saw in the spring game that he can move a little bit, but I do think that there is that little 
extra that we're seeing from some of these quarterbacks who can also spin it at a high rate that uh, I think really kind of takes them and pushes them to that next level. And I do wonder if Tyler Van Dyke uh, has that. I'm not saying he's going to give it to us, but I do. I, I found I just found it interesting that every quarterback that's played for an AC title, again, really over the last three title games, which is what we're really looking at in this practice, uh, all did contribute on the grounds as well. I think that's very fair. And and I would I would agree. I think Tyler is a good college quarterback. Um, yeah. And look, when I say this, I recognize Tyler is better than Malik Rozier. But Malik Rozier is, was the quarterback that got Miami to the ACC championship game back in 2017. And again, Tyler, much better passer than Malik. But Malik did win some games that season because of his mobility. Uh, and, and that mobility factor does matter, of course, in the modern game. I would also add to those quarterbacks you you uh, rattled off. And look, I'm stretching it a little bit, but FSU last year won 10 games, um, when including the bowl game, right? Jordan Travis, of course, brings that mobility element uh, to the quarterback position. And again, if we're just basing on pure passing ability, Tyler Van Dyke is a better passer than Jordan Travis. But Jordan Travis's mobility makes him tougher to defend at the college level. Um, and for me, Gabby, maybe I'm just going to be extremely harsh in this episode. But I would put Tyler just below the line. Um, I think the potential is there for him to be at the line. Um, especially if we get 2021 Tyler Van Dyke, which I think we will get. But I still got to see it. You know, 2022 was not not good enough. And that was definitely a below the line type of season by Tyler. Again, I think he can be at the line. I don't think he is even close to being one of the bigger issues of this Miami Hurricanes team. Um, but I think he can be an at the line quarterback. But right now, we're where things are. I have to put this below the line, for the reasons you said. Right, the standard is high. You look at, you look at the names recently. Trevor Lawrence, first round pick. Uh, Sam Hartman, he's thrown for four thousand yards um, at Wake Forest in a season. Kenny Pickett threw for four thousand yards at Pitt that one season. Went on to be a first round pick. Jordan Travis, big time dual threat. You mentioned Drake Bay going to be a top five pick in next oh, year's yeah. NFL draft. DJ Uyunglele might be the outlier. It might be the guy you point to and say, hey, uh, if he is a guy that can lead his team to an ACC championship game, then Tyler can. Uh, but we all know, right, that Clemson has plenty of talent around the quarterback oh, yeah. position. So that's where I stand with it. Um, you know, in terms of like an average, well, let's, let's talk about this too. The depth. Do we feel like the depth is below the line at the line above the line for my, my Miami's quarterback depth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would still honestly probably put it below the line just because I think we still have so many question marks. Like, I don't think we're, I don't like the I, numbers. I, yeah, exactly. There's only three quarter, three scholarship quarterbacks. I think you need to have more scholarship quarterbacks. 
Yes, I am too. And again, I think, you know, we, I think we feel, I, again, I think we both expressed that we feel good about Jakari Brown and what yes. he can be in the future, but we still, he still hasn't gone there yet. Like we're still, we're not at a place where we're like in 2024, like Jakari Brown is 150% Miami's quarterback. And I think like, if if you can't say that, you can't say that your quarterback depth is at a place where, you know, you feel super good about it. That could definitely get you to an ACC title game or 10 wins. And that's not me saying that Jakari Brown can't get there or be that person i just don't think that right now as we're you know recording this podcast in late april uh we that we can say the the quarterback depth is is at the line even right i think that's fair to say money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it a couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Running back. To me, Gabby, this is the most unexcited I've been about a running back room in a while. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think they're guys that are fine. Um, but to me, like if we're talking upside, you have to bank on Mark Fletcher, who's a true freshman that arrives, what, in May for the first summer session. You have to believe that he's going to come in and be the man and be productive as a true freshman. And while I think he he could potentially do that, I would not bank on it. Um, and, you know, if we're if we're being honest, too and look at the running back rooms of the past decade. I probably should look this up, but this would be the, in my opinion, the worst running back room since when? I don't even know uh, off the top of my head. So, since you know, last me, year's. Fair, right. And has, <laughs> it, has it gotten better? You know, no. I, and look, I think a lot of it is due to bad luck. Don Chaney and his injuries, Trevante Citizen and his injuries. That's just bad luck. Um, so some of that is out of their hands, I guess, a little bit. But to me, like Henry Parrish is a complimentary back. And, you know, Don Chaney, I think everyone holds their breath anytime he gets taken to the ground. Encouraging signs in the spring that he's coming back uh, to health. But largely this group, they are they are depending on Mark Fletcher to come in and be a big time contributor as a true freshman. I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, I hope I'm wrong, 
but right now I would say running back is below the line. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say that running back is below the line. And again, I'm not, I don't think that people need much proof at this point that running back is below the line, but again, just, I, I looked up the stats, so I'm just going to rattle them off. I mean, again, we talked about how Clemson, maybe DJ Uyunglele is maybe the outlier, but Will Shipley was a thousand yard rusher, scored 15 touchdowns. Clemson also had two other rushers uh, run for over 500 yards, DJ Uyunglele being one of them. Um, North Carolina didn't have a crazy running game, but Drake may, like I said, 698 yards on the ground. Then they got 558, 401 from a true, and then 401 from a true freshman in Omari and Hampton Pitt, when they won the conference in 2021, had three running backs who had 500 yards rushing, uh, Wake Forest and was I the bet, runner up. I bet that Pittsburgh team, like Israel Abanacanda, I yeah. bet he gets drafted. Right. Abanacanda would probably definitely get drafted. And then one, one of them was, uh, Gosh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he was the one that he played at, at Cardinal Gibbons. So at the end of transferring. Yeah, Vincent uh, Davis, maybe. Vincent Davis was one of them, had 500 yards. Wake Forest played Pitt in that title game, had three 500-yard rushers. Um, and then Clemson in 2020 had Travis Etienne, who was a 1,500 all-purpose yard guy. Uh, and then Notre Dame, who played in the ACC in that 2020 COVID season, had Kyron Williams, who was an 1,100-plus yard guy. So if you're not going to have the workhorse guy that's going to give you a 1,000, you better have a committee who's going to give you plenty or a quarterback that makes up for the fact that you are not ha- you don't have the strongest run game. And I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I don't think that there's, you know, I don't even know if there's two 500 yard runners in this offense. Nonetheless, you know, at least three or a couple guys who are going to get you close to, or even one guy who's going to get you close to that thousand yard mark. I just don't know that Miami has the personnel right now to get, you know, to, to have a running game that would be reminiscent of past ACC title contenders. Right. I mean, a lot of those guys you rattled off are going to be selected in the NFL draft. Most likely is does Miami have a running back on the roster right now that's clearly going to be selected in the NFL draft? On the roster now, I would say no. Definitely. Maybe Mark Fletcher. Yeah. Maybe if he turns out to be good, he can be that guy, but we got to see it. Um, yeah, I don't really like the starters in terms of elite talent. I also don't like the depth. We've talked about that, how you know, just the nature of some of these guys being injury-prone it's, you know, again, I don't know if there's necessarily anything out there in the transfer portal, but I think in the winter window, we were kind of pounding the table hard that they should pursue a transfer running back. They didn't. Uh, so we'll see if it works out with Mark Fletcher stepping up as a true freshman. Wide receiver. To me, you know, this group also below the line. Uh, I'm sure you're going to rattle off the stats here, Gabby, from (laughs) ACC caliber teams, ACC championship caliber teams. A lot of thousand yard receivers in the group. Um, You know, I do think this new system helps Miami's receivers be more productive. I do think the group has taken a step forward. But I think it's also worth remembering just because just because guys are playing, just because guys are on the field catching passes doesn't necessarily mean they are contributing to winning football at a high level. Does that make sense? And yeah, so, it does. You know, I think Colby Young can potentially be an 800 yard receiver. And if that happens, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, 
I think that's on the table. Um, but you look at some of these other ACC 10-win caliber teams, they have receivers that have gone off. Yeah, no, I mean, again, all these, I think maybe the only one that you can kind of say like, you know, that maybe there there's an avenue, I think is that 2022 Clemson team. And again, Miami didn't have that running back situation, but the receiver room wasn't like, otherworldly you know they had antonio williams who's a young kid uh 56 catches for 604 yards they had joseph nagata who was you know he went for 526 with two touchdowns uh, a couple tight ends we'll get into them but the third leading receiver 373 yards and five touchdowns and that was bo collins i think that's you know i'm not saying that that's what miami is at right now but i'm just saying like that's maybe the path to say you know if you don't have the best overall receiving core you could still do it but again i think there's also the caveat of you know the you know three rushers who ran for over 500 yards and all that stuff and then you go you just kind of keep rolling through this i mean north carolina had an elite offensive you know air attack i mean joshua downs i mean we don't have to talk about him he was one of the conference's best antoine green a young kid went for 800 yards averaged 18.6 yards per catch number two Uh, receiver He's a number two receiver who went for 800 yards. Uh, they had four different pass catchers go for over 350 yards. Uh, so North Carolina, again, I mean, was just an aerial attack that just got it done. Does Miami have that sort of firepower? Um, I, I I personally don't think so. Uh, I, I guess we can kind of wait and see. And then you can go back. Jordan Addison at Pitt, 100 catches almost 1600 yards. Ridiculous. They had four receivers go for over 450 yards. That Wake Forest offense had 2000 yarders yard receivers. One of them, AT Perry, who went 71 catches for 1,293 yards. They also had a receiver that was close to 1,100 yards. And then they had a third who had 621 yards. And then again, you kind of just go through the rest of this. I mean, the rest of these things. I mean, Travis at the end was a big time pass catcher, but even that 2020 Clemson team had a thousand yard receiver in Amari Rogers, who, you know, caught 77 passes, also had seven touchdowns. So again, uh, you, you need a thousand yard receiver or you need a lot of guys who are going to kind of go get it or be strong in the rushing attack and have that's kind of like the conclusion I came to. You need to have a thousand yard receiver. You need to have a thousand yard rusher at one point right. of this. Cause it seems like that's a common theme. You with have these to scare ATC. a defense somehow. Yes. There has to be a guy or a couple guys who can go, who, who, who are going to be those workhorses. Like you need to have a dog somewhere. And I'm looking around this roster and I'm just like, is there a thousand yard rusher? Probably not. Is there a thousand yard receiver? Probably not. And so I think that is where I'm just hesitant. And I'm not saying that this offense is going to be bad. And I'm not saying that this team it'll be improved, can't win. I think, I think it'll be improved. And I really We're talking about know. a 10 win standard. Exactly. And I just, I personally, again, just kind of looking at this again, it really is kind of a small sample size, but we're looking at the, the best in the conference. And really Miami's got to be everyone in the conference now. Cause it's not, they don't just have to win the coastal anymore. Like they right. have to be the second best team in the ACC to play for a conference championship. If that's what we're talking about. And to do that, you're going to have to win 10 games. So uh, again, I think that that's a spot where Miami's just kind of lacking that it just doesn't, they don't seem to have either one. So I just have questions about whether they're going to hit that mark. Attention business owners. I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. 
You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Tight end. So Miami is tight end you, right? Um, And this is an interesting position group to me, Gabby, because I think by Miami standards, because the standard is very high at Miami at that tight end position. So by Miami standards, um, this this 2023 group isn't going to blow you away, maybe compared to what Miami's had in the past or, or even recently. But I still think if you compare this position group to other ACC teams, and in particular, these ACC championship game level teams, I think this tight end group is either at the line or above the line. I'll keep it positive with tight end. I will say above the line. I don't know if there's like a clear cut number one guy in terms of someone that's going to total 500 yards like Will Mallory did this year. But I think as a group, this Miami group can be solid and help Miami win games. So I will say above the line at tight end. Yeah, I I think they're I think they have the potential to be above the line. Um again, I think Cam McCormick staying healthy. I mean, let's see what he gives us in the passing game. But I mean, I'm encouraged about things I'm hearing about Jaleel Skinner and the steps that he's kind of taking again, even watching the spring game back, uh, you know, just watching him, watching him, you know, just take those little, like those little routes where they just kind of dumped it off to him and he he can, he can turn the corner. He can, yeah, he can do do those little Najoku routes. And I think he's starting to show some of those early flashes of, of taking those next steps as, you know, just, just, just really just handling the ball and making people miss, uh, fighting through contact, all those different types of things. So I'm encouraged about uh, Jaleel Skinner. Uh, I think Riley Williams uh, can potentially, you know, be good. I mean, Elijah Arroyo is also one that I think when he's healthy, I think he, I mean, I think we've always believed, David, that he has big time potential. And I think this is going to be his opportunity now to be the go-to tight end uh, in in, in this type of offense that, again, I think we're expecting it to be pretty pass heavy. So I think Elijah Arroyo is a weapon and we didn't see him this spring. So we haven't seen him kind of running around. And I think it's easy to maybe lose some of that perspective. But I do feel like Elijah Arroyo is someone who could be, uh, you know, one of the better top like pass catching tight ends in the conference if he stays healthy. So I'm really excited about him. And, you know, I'll agree that I think uh, best case scenario, this this could be an above average uh, tight end group too good to you know potentially being uh, really good because I I think it's deep and I think the I think all three all these guys are going to contribute in different ways. Yeah, you look at the tight ends of these ACC championship caliber teams, and um, you know the best one I guess would probably be Lucas Kroll out of Pitt. Uh, he he finished with four fifty one yards and six touchdowns in that Kenny Pickett season. He was a transfer from Florida that year. Um, you know, I think Elijah Royo can be similarly productive to that. Um, and, and where, again, where I think Miami kind of trumps these teams, and Miami devotes a lot of resources to tight ends, so they should, is their depth. So I'm comfortable saying above the line. Uh, is there a superstar tight end? Maybe not yet, uh, but the group, I think, is pretty strong. 
This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids' selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Um, offensive line. Gabby, I don't know if, if you're going to feel as strongly about this as I do. Um, you know, we, we kind of banged the table all spring saying how this is going to be a strength of the team. Um, this group has totally been revamped with the addition of Matt Lee from UCF, Javian Cohen from Alabama, and then Francis Maui Goa is, appears to be cemented as your right tackle, uh, left tackle, you know, Jalen rivers, I do think had kind of, uh, up and down performance in the spring game. If we're being fair, which kind of leaves the door cracked to me for Zion Nelson to come in and get that job back once he's fully healthy. Um, anyways, I look at these ACC, I mean, look, the ACC isn't necessarily known, particularly on the offensive line as a line of scrimmage league. Um, you know, I think that's fair to say about a lot of these ACC championship game type of teams. And so I guess probably the hot, hottest take I'll have in this whole thing is I think Miami's offensive line can be better than all of these offensive line, except maybe the, that Notre Dame. I don't really count that Notre Dame 2020 year just because. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. They had like, I think they had like three first team all conference <laughs> linemen. Right. It was like Liam Eichenberg. It was, and then they had a, they had both the guards or maybe a tackle and a guard. Right. That, so they would, they would be better. Right. But I don't count them as an ACC team. Yeah. That's fair. Notre Dame. Yeah. But you know, 2022 Clemson, uh, I'll look at last year's Florida state team, you know, that won 10 games, Pittsburgh, 2021, uh, Wake Forest 2021, Clemson 2020. I think Miami's offensive line, that's not really saying much because honestly, those O-lines weren't all that good. But I think Miami's offensive line is going to be better than all those. So I will say above the line, big time. I feel good about Miami's starting. And as long as no one else hits the portal, I honestly feel good about their top eight offensive linemen. So I am above the line on the offensive line. Yeah, I think I'm. I think that's probably the no-brainer of of this segment of just like everything we're doing is the offensive line, just because I think we feel really, really good about that. Um, and I think even let's say, all right, let's say Jalen Rivers. I mean, he did. He definitely didn't. I don't think like you know solidify himself as a yeah. starting left tackle. I think that that just creates more depth at at guard, right? Like if let's say Zion yeah. Nelson just does come back and slides into that left tackle spot, I think you feel good about Zion Nelson and Samson Akinlola at left tackle as the two left tackles. And then you know, let's say, and then maybe Jalen, Jalen, like yeah. Jalen could be the left tackle in an emergency. Yeah. Right. Exactly. For sure. Cause he's done it before. And then Jalen rivers, maybe he kicks into that right guard spot and him and Inez Cooper. And I think you feel good about both of those guys yep. and, and what they could potentially do there. Cause then Inez Cooper, I mean, we saw what happened when Inez Cooper went down. I mean, it got dangerously thin there, but if you throw Jalen rivers into that mix, I mean, I think you feel good about even Inez Cooper, maybe being that second 
uh, right guard coming out, or maybe even kick it again, maybe Samson Akalola because someone that can maybe kick in at guard too. So, you know, I, I would, I would definitely agree that like, I think that the, the starting group, I feel really, really good about the depth. I think we're, I think it's getting to the place where it's going to, it's going to be better. And I'm curious if any of these young kids uh, like a Tommy Kinsler or a Frankie Tanelau come in and are able to make some noise along the interior. Cause again, I think from a size standpoint, uh, they have what maybe some of those other, uh, you know, interior linemen yeah. a little bit deeper down the depth chart uh, don't have. And again, that's just w- what it's supposed to look like. I do think that there's still times again, and I'm kind of getting really nitpicky here that on the offensive line where it still doesn't look the way that you want it to look where you, where you can feel With like the oh, backups. Yeah. Like if one or two things go wrong, we're going to be in a very similar place than we were uh, maybe in that 2022 season at times and all that. But overall I do feel uh, a lot better about uh, the over, the top five. I mean, I feel great about definitely above the yeah. line and the depth is, is getting to a, a much better place. I think Matthew McCoy could end up being yeah, that, like eighth guy, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, they uh, Matthew McCoy is someone that, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've liked a lot and I know they feel really good. About, I think he's still coming back from something, but I think when he's healthy, they feel like he's, he's solid. I think Jonathan Dennis is more serviceable too than, maybe the backup guards we saw in the spring game. So, and also too, I think a lot of these starters have position versatility. Like, yeah, ideally Francis Maui Goa stays at right tackle. Um, but I do think he, he can definitely hold his own at guard if he has to kick inside. Um, so I feel good about it. Offensive line. So if we're recapping, right. Offense kind of where things are at with that 10 win potential ACC championship game caliber team quarterback at the line, maybe below the line running back below the line, wide receiver below the line, tight end above the line, offensive line above the line. So, um, you know, it just kind of puts things in perspective. Like when you say Gabby, how these receivers of these teams, like pretty much all of them are featuring a thousand yard receiver, um, for the most part, I think yeah. that puts things in perspective. The running backs, a lot of these teams are featuring NFL roster caliber running backs. I think that's puts things in perspective um, on offense there. So again, to me, this offense is going to still be better year over year. So we're just being brutally honest in terms of discussing where things are at relative to the standard. Uh, or not even the standard, honestly, but just where things need to go, um, you know, just to keep things realistic. So that's our thoughts on offense. Let's take a quick break and we'll go to the defensive side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, on defense, Gabby. This is interesting. I don't, I don't know. I could go a lot of different ways at, at some of these position groups if I nitpick and overthink it. But uh, anyways, let's start at defensive end because we'll, we'll divide end and tackle up. And, um, you know, defensive end, in my opinion, Gabby, I do think it's one of the strengths of the team yeah. at Miami. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Um, I think the depth is above the line or maybe even at the line, at the line or above the line. We could have a discussion on either one of those. But I guess where my concern is, Gabby, is do they have a freak number one defensive end that can go out and dominate a game? I I am a big Akeem Mesador fan. He flashed that ability at times last season. I think Nigelie Kelly has that potential. We obviously haven't seen it yet in games. I think he flashed that a little bit in the spring. But you look at some of these ACC championship game caliber teams, most of them feature a pass rusher that is ultra productive off the edge. And I think Miami has it maybe as a group and maybe they can overcome the lack of a true freak number one defensive end with their depth. Um, But again, if we're nitpicking and being honest, that's kind of just one thing. I wouldn't say I'm concerned about it because I do think the group is good. Uh, But that's just one thing where I'm like, okay, these teams have this guy. And I don't know if Miami does. Yeah, I, I feel very similar. Where I, I, I think the, the like the overall group, like the group in general, uh, again, the Akeem Messador and the Nigel Kelly. I, I mean, I mean, even Chance Williams, Jafari Harvey. We haven't seen uh, yes. Jafari. You know, obviously, we, we missed him all spring. And then you Perfect. throw in maybe even some of the young guys. I mean, you throw in the Ruben Bain who can kick outside. You throw in even just like the promise of some of these young guys coming in, like a of a Jaden Wayne and you know a Collins a Chiampong. Maybe he kicks inside. Maybe he stays out. I guess I guess it's still yet to be determined. But like, I feel good about the defensive ends in general, and I think that that is a room that. You know, I, I, I'm not pushing back on, you know, maybe again, the, the top end talent. Is there a Miles Murphy? Is there a KJ Henry? Again, we're, if we're, we're comparing it to, let's say, Clemson, who is the standard, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I don't know if they have a freaky, you know, you know, potential first round pick in, in any of these guys. But I think collectively as a group, they have enough where I'm kind of combing through these rosters and I'm not saying like, Hey, I mean, these guys are 150% better than what Miami has at that pass rusher. And, you know, you definitely have some guys like, you know, like, you know, Pitt has some, Pitt has some guys like the Habakkuk Baldonado guy. I mean, he had a, he's had a great career there when they had made that 2022 run. He had a great season. He's a freaky pass rusher. Does Miami have that true number one? Like as a way of, of just comparison, right? Baldonado at Pittsburgh, who I think, you know, general Miami fans would recognize as good. But if we're just straight up comparing numbers for numbers, that 2021 season at Pittsburgh, he had 48 pressures. Uh, Akeem Mesador, who I think had a good season this past year, did he have more than 30 pressures? I think he was something at like 28. So that's just putting it in perspective. Of course. But I think the group, like still, like overall, like Pitt's, like like Pitt's defensive line does a great job. But I'm just talking about like uh, along the edges. I mean, I think Miami again with between Akeem and Nigel, I, I think Nigel Lee could have a really good season. 
Uh, so, Agreed. you know, I, I, I like Miami's edge rushers. I think Miami's edge rushers are at a place where, you know, that group could be a, could could help them, you know, accomplish this goal. So would you say at the line? I would the say line? at the line. I would probably say at the line. And I'm not saying above the line only because of Clemson. maybe that lack of the exactly yeah. the Clemson of, you know, what those guys do and the way they played off the edge last year, I thought was amazing. I mean, I'm a big KJ Henry guy. I mean, I think he's fantastic. Miles Murphy's a freak too. So yeah. um, I, I think those guys are probably the standards. So I would probably say they're at the line and maybe a tier below them. Even that Wake Forest team in 2021, they, um, you know, they get by with kind of just undersized guys that get mm-hmm. after it. Um, their top guy that year off the edge, Rondell Bothroyd. Who's that Oklahoma now? Okay, there you go. 37 pressures, 16 and a half tackles for loss, yeah. seven sacks. So uh, I guess the point is, you know, a lot of these ACC championship caliber teams have that guy. So I think Miami has guys that can potentially be that guy. Uh, but but it's got to come together, um, you know, to get to that point. Defensive tackle. So this is an interesting one to me too, Gabby, because I I do feel like, like yes, we would love to see Miami add more talent on the at defensive tackle, but at the same time, I do think you could make the argument. Well, what Miami does have right now is good enough. Uh, you know, especially if like Leonard Taylor takes the next step. Uh, he had a solid showing, if we're being honest, for a second year player last year. Jared Harrison Hunt has flashed plenty during his career. He was banged up with injuries last season. A fully healthy Jared Harrison Hunt can be a very dependable slash good player. Branson Dean has contributed at the Big Ten level big 10 conference um so you know they do have some guys um but at the same time you know you look at some of these teams here that have competed for acc championship game acc championships and they have freaks at defensive tackle and leonard taylor is potentially that but he has not produced yet to the level of some of these other guys yeah and i think just let the the idea of leonard taylor is like again i think we think he's super talented and we think that he could potentially you know be one of those you know he he could potentially break out i mean he cleaned up a shoulder injury that you know he says lingered you know even in in that in that 2022 season so we'll hopefully get a much healthier version of leonard taylor for a longer period of time here in 2023 so like i feel really good about like the upside of leonard taylor people around are really really love jared harrison hunt i think they think that he can potentially be uh you know a really really big piece of what miami does along the interior defensive line you mentioned branson dean is another guy i think the only issue that i probably that i have with miami's defensive line it's just like that prototypical size because it's it, you you right. don't have you don't have a lot of that uh, you, I mean, Ahmad Moten might be the guy that's closest and he's again, redshirt freshman. He's a young kid uh, showing promise, but there's just not enough of those types of guys. And I think that's what they're trying to figure out here in the portal is, is, is finding a guy like that is finding a dude who, you know, who, who has that, that, that size that you want, just like a run stuff or all that stuff. Right. Uh, so I think Stop that's a run, which has exactly. been an issue for my, hundred percent. it goes would, hand in hand. I was reminded earlier today that Florida State ran counter like 36 times yes. on Miami and just torched them. And like, that was with Daryl Jackson. 
And that was that was with Daryl Jackson, who's no longer with Miami. So I still think that there is, uh, you know, just a lack of that size along the interior, which is where my concern comes in. And I'm not worried about like the athleticism of the defensive line room. I think that there's a lot of guys who can do a lot of great things athletically. And like, you know, I think that they can they, they can get after the quarterback. They can do all the things. But I just think there's certain ways to play that you got. You know, there's, there has to be different personnel for different situations and i think that there are some situations where miami's just not geared up the way that they sort of need to be uh, especially in a situation where it feels like there's probably be a lot of teams that are going to try to run at miami just especially right at the right into the middle of that defense uh just yeah. because of what happened run do a lot of the same things that uh you know maybe florida state did to them so i'm i'm uh, that's why i'm maybe just kind of like a little bit more concerned but i think if they address that in the transfer portal i still like the overall talent of the group um, I just think we need to see a little bit more. And again, there's there's not that highly, highly productive dude. Again, if we're talking the 10 wins, I mean, there's not the Brian uh, Brissy or, you know, there's not the Tyler Elijah Davis. Can't there's see. not the, there's definitely not the Kalaja Cansey uh, uh, or anything like that. So I think, again, and not saying that every single 10 win team had these big time defensive tackles. Uh, Wake Forest is a good example, like you said, David, of having just undersized guys who performed, you know, well. Right. They produced. Uh, yeah. And even, I mean, even North Carolina, I mean, North Carolina had some kind of size, but it wasn't ever really like overwhelming either. Um, so I, I mean, I think Miami's defensive line, I mean, this, the interior defensive linemen, I think they still have a ways to go. I would probably still put them below the line right now, like slightly below the line, not like drastically below the line. I think that they, they can potentially creep closer to the, the line here via the portal. Uh, but right now I'm not there yet. Yeah. I think I'll go at the line just because I'm a believer in LT and Jared Harrison Hunt. But I do not push back on your slightly below the line assessment. Let me ask you this. So you've been writing a lot on the site about Taiwan Malone, right? Yeah. Uh, Old Miss defensive tackle, top 100 recruit. Uh, he's in the portal. Miami, of course, is interested. Let's say Miami lands him. What does that mean for you and how you view that defensive tackle group? Yeah, I mean, I think that would I think that would definitely help the way I felt about it, just because, again, I think you, you it becomes three total additions, uh, you know, at the defensive line spot. You get that, you know, six foot four, three hundred and fifteen pounder. Uh, you know, exa exactly what it is that I feel like Miami's missing. And I'm not saying he solves all your issues or he, you know, changes no. the trajectory of the defensive line room. But, it's but I piece. think, I, yeah, it's, it's a piece. It's 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 a it's it's someone that you can put in to to counter certain certain looks to, you know, he, he eats up space. You have to account for him, especially in the run game. And I think that I mean, he's someone that can open. So we'll get to linebackers later. But I mean, Taiwan Malone is someone that, you know, makes is going to make things easier for a guy like a Francisco Maligoa or, you know, to come down and, and make plays in the running game. Like, I, I think Taiwan Malone is someone that would be a great addition to this defense. And I think he's a body type that that they're lacking and they're trying to stack more of them, you know, high school recruiting also. But I think Taiwan Malone would go would go a long way towards, you know, the, the defensive line room, uh, you know, again, being, you know, again, raising the floor of that room and helping them uh, just be a better unit overall. A Leonard Taylor that maximizes his potential and adding a Taiwan Malone, a healthy Jared Harrison Hunt, this group could be definitely at the line. So it's def it's an interesting group to monitor, and yeah. let's see how it all plays out. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. 
born and raised in Miami, Starr is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Starr knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text STAR directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to STAR, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. Linebacker um, has been a bugaboo for Miami's defense the last couple seasons. I think they've addressed it nicely here by adding Francisco Maui Goa. Um, and then, you know, the development of Wesley Bassaint in year two of the program. I will say, I'm going to say this group's at the line. Um, because I feel that good about Francisco in particular. You look at a lot of these ACC championship game caliber linebackers, you know, they have good players. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter for Clemson, 89 tackles last year, 13 and a half tackles for last. Trenton Simpson, who's in the discussion to be picked in the first round this week. Um, He was like their third most productive linebacker. (laughs) Yeah, they had like four good linebackers yeah it was trotter barrett carter trent simpson like these like clemson was that i I think we saw that when they played miami i was fascinated by that linebacker play i was just like god what is this can these guys actually do this like that was so much fun to like just from that perspective of just like man you're chasing that like that's yes that's what it's got to look like and that's that clemson wasn't even like a playoff team like and that was just a fun like really good linebacker room to to sort of watch that's the line like when I was in school at Miami, that's what the linebacker room looked like with like John Beeson and those guys. Yeah. And it was different. Yeah. And it was like that. And, you know, Wake Forest 2021, even their, their best linebacker had 85 tackles, 13 tackles for loss. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Savassier Dennis, 82 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. He's someone else. He, he might get drafted too, no? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So Clemson. 2020 Clemson, honestly, um, not that great at linebacker. That was a weakness for them. Um, So they're kind of the outlier. But yeah, I mean, kind of the bottom line, I think, is like you need a linebacker that can get you 80 tackles in a season and 10 plus tackles for loss. I think Francisco Maui Goa can be that type of guy. And I was encouraged by... Wesley Bassaint's development during the spring. And in general, I like how Lance Gidry is going to use these linebackers. So yeah. uh, I am at the line uh, with this linebacker group. And plus two, as long as like Keontre Smith and Corey Flagg remain as your rotational guys, I'm okay with that. I feel good about that. So um, I'm going to say at the line, at linebacker. Yeah. Did you, you left off. Did you, did you mention Cedric Gray, the North Carolina? How about 145 yeah. tackles led the nation yeah. in tackles, uh, you know, last year in 2022. Um, I never, I had to like go like 
triple check that that was accurate because <laughs> I saw 145 tackles, total yeah. tackles. I mean, 82 solo tackles, which is also just kind of astronomical. 12 tackles for loss, three forced fumbles. I mean, just big time linebacker play for North Carolina. I mean, that was, that, that was, uh, you know, impressive to see again. I mean, you're seeing what, what, and I'm not saying 145 tackles is the line, but I mean, again, North Carolina had quality linebacker play Clemson had quality linebacker play. They both played for ACC titles. And look, I mean, Francisco Malgoa, you know, watching back in the spring game. I mean, that play he made on the goal line, I think it was yes. like sometime in the first half, like big time. Well, yeah. I, I I was just I I don't know if I where I missed that or I just maybe it just didn't register in real time. Yeah, maybe I was just making my way to Think. the field. Like, yeah, I, I saw that. I was just like, what? Like, did we not talk? Like, did no one? Like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't see the clip over on Twitter. Like, that was a big big time play that he made on the goal line. Like, that was I haven't seen a Miami linebacker make a play like that in, in a while. And I, I think he was. I mean, I thought Francisco Malago was was awesome. Uh, he, he can run. I think he's extremely instinctual, uh, again, watching him again, chase down, uh, Jacoby George again, was just impressive to watch him like angle that out. Like he, he, he can play like he, I think he's going to have a very, very good season here at Miami. And again, I think that's why you go get a Taiwan Malone again, someone who can, who just opens up more space for him. And I think you kind of make those gaps a little bit bigger. And when he hits those, he hits them quick. And he like, I feel like he makes very, you know, like instinctual decisions. I think when he does something, he kind of just like goes full speed at it. I think he's going to have a great, great season. And I think Francisco Malgo like really changes just like my entire perspective of the linebacker room, which is really good because we've been talking about this for so long. I mean, he has prototypical size. He, he moves around extremely well. He's a smart kid. He does all the right things. And again, I think I think he helps me feel so, so much better about Miami's linebackers in 2023. So, yeah, you know, between him and Wesley, who I think is still, you know, still has some development to do, but I'm encouraged about like all the steps that he's taking. You know, I think if those are your two, let's say we're going uh, five DB look, which I think is probably yeah. what we're looking at here. I yep. mean, th- those are those are your those are your two linebackers. And yeah, I think you, you have to feel great about that. Corner. Did you say whether you like at you feel at the line? Is that what you're thinking? At yeah, I mean, I would say probably about at the line, at least at the top. Like those two guys, I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel at the line with those guys. Cornerback. I don't really want to talk about this position group, but let's do it. You know, I think I've made my feelings known about corner. Um, you know, I think right now. You project the top three as being Devontae Brown, the UCF transfer, Daryl Porter, uh, who transferred in from West Virginia last year, and Takori Couch returns as your nickel. You know, to me, corner is one of those positions where it's a lot of instincts and it's a lot of athletic traits. Um, And I'm just not convinced any of these corners right now that are projected to play a lot are NFL draft level corners. And so if that's the case, that is below the line. And so I don't like the starters. I also don't like the depth. I think for me, I think you need to have five guys that you feel like you can, can, you can depend on during the course of the year. You know, I would say, who would you say is their fourth corner? I'd probably say, it. I don't know, Ter- is it Terry Roberts? I, I mean, I might go Chris Graves at this point. Like, I don't even know if Terry Roberts is cracking that. I mean, maybe he is just because he's an older guy. But it's, to me, it's... I, it's I the, was never impressed by Graves this spring when we watched. Yeah. Were no, you? I, 
No, but I think that's a part of the issue, right? Like, I right. think that's what we're talking about. It's just not like, that Terry was any good either, but yeah, um, I think you go with the veteran there that's kind of yeah, played. Maybe in some games. Is, is it Malik Curtis? Like, I don't think it could be Malik no. Curtis, Jaden Harris. Do you count him? I mean, I he's, mean they're nickel, he's a nickel, nickel. Yeah, he's not playing like outside corner. Yeah, so I would I would say their fourth corner is Terry, but if it's Chris, I wouldn't push back on that either. Um, Anyways, it's a group that I think needs to be improved via talent acquisition, however you can do it. Portal, high school recruiting needs to be better. And that gets amplified when you look at these teams that compete for ACC championships. Uh, Clemson in 2020, their starting corner duo was Darian Kendrick, who transferred to Georgia. Yeah. He's going to be drafted this this week, probably like fifth, sixth, seventh round. Andrew Booth was their other corner. He was selected in the second round last year. You look at Wake Forest, 2021 Wake Forest, their corners, Jasir Taylor, six-round pick, and Gavin Holmes transferred to Texas. I don't think he's out of eligibility yet, but that tells you he was a higher caliber, talented type of guy. Pittsburgh, Damari Mathis, fourth round pick. Yep. And, and Marquise Williams still at Pitt, likely going to be a draft pick next year. Um, and then Clemson in 2022, you know, Nate Wiggins, young player, he's going to be an Stunned. NFL player. And then Sheridan Jones, older guy, he's back for another year at Clemson, probably will be a, a late round pick next year. So, Corner is one of those positions where you can't fake it if you're going to win 10 games. And to me, this is a big position group to monitor slash circle when talking about Miami this year. It was an issue last year, Gabby. And I think it's fair to say on paper, this year's group is not as good. Would you push back on that? No, I, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't push back on that. Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, I don't know. You could stop me if you feel like I'm wrong here, but I think Tyreek Stevenson and DJ Ivy, uh, I mean, Tyreek Stevenson, obviously, but I think even DJ Ivy would be considered the best cornerback yes. on this roster if yep. he was returning. And I know that's not something Miami fans necessarily want to hear right now, uh, just because, you know, DJ Ivy, you know, I, I know, I mean, had an up and down career. I mean, there was definitely some lows there. Um, but I mean, is there like, I don't think any of them are as fast as DJ Ivy. I don't know if any of them are just really, I mean, just overall as talented. And again, I think, I think maybe there's, there's some things, you know, I've heard that Devonte Brown got better as the spring went on. Yeah. I think, I think he made a, you know, he made a play. Uh, in the spring yep. game, I think Daryl Porter, you know, he made a play in the end zone in the spring game too. Um, but overall, I mean, this room is just not again, especially when you, you lay it out like that. I mean, there was, I think every corner that you just mentioned, I would take over probably either one of, of the starters just on these other teams. And even like, again, we're, like Clemson, like Nate Wiggins. I mean, he broke up 13 passes last year. I mean, they had a bat, they had a, a young guy in Toriano pride he broke up four passes. Like they have like their depth is really, really good too. Um, and I think that that's a position group where we just, again, need to just keep elevating the talent and look, I mean, Damari Brown is coming. Honestly, I mean, he's not even here yet, but maybe Tamari Brown's the fourth corner. Like maybe, maybe that's yes. I mean, fourth corner is Hopefully. like at the end of like Hopefully potentially he's a top two corner. Right. Honestly. Like I think maybe he, like, let's see if he gets on the field. Talent wise. Yeah, exactly. Talent he wise. He he's definitely, he's definitely up there. Let's see how quickly he comes along. But you know, I, I, I think that this room has, has a ways to go again. I think that this is something they need to address via the transfer portal here in this April window. Um, I think that they're working 
towards doing that. They have a transfer portal uh, target on campus here on Tuesday in Jaden Davis. He's from Oklahoma, uh, played at St. Thomas Aquinas, started 23 games for the Sooners, played in 54-year guy for them, has an extra year, I think, due to the COVID year. Um, but look, I mean, that's someone that could potentially come in and give Miami some quality depth. I mean, definitely raises the floor. Hopes the um, depth. And again, yeah, and he and he and he, uh, you know, he could potentially play. You know, I mean, he's someone that can he probably he play. probably he probably pushes Daryl Porter for a starting yes. spot, I think, opposite of Devontae Brown. So um, I think Jaden Davis is someone that they're potentially excited about if they're able to close things up here. Again, I go back to the wide receiver point of like. Just because corners are out there playing with the first team defense, you know, you have to ask yourself, are they winning caliber players? Do Are they 10 win caliber players out there? To me, I think there's a ways to go for this group for me to get to that point. And Gabby, it's wild to me. Like when we talk about like, I think we both agree. Miami's below the line here at quarter. Um, it's wild to me that at running back, wide receiver, cornerback, Miami is below the line. So those are positions that South Florida produces at a elite level. And, you know, that kind of shows you the challenge that Mario Cristobal walked into here at Miami and what he needs to fix and address. Yeah. I, I'm just going to rattle this off really quick. Cause this is a graphic that came up on my Twitter timeline today. So the max preps dropped the, the, the high schools that produced the most NFL draft picks. Right. St. Thomas Aquinas was first with 17 American heritage plantation. American heritage was third with 10 Miami central was tied for seventh with seven as was Northwestern. And uh, I would bet, I would bet some decent coin, David, that there was a lot of guys, a lot yeah. of guys from those teams who are at, who are, who are at the and at and play the positions that we're that we're yeah. talking about are below the line, and uh, you know we can definitely rattle off some some big time names here. We don't have to do that, but I mean, there's plenty of talent that has been drafted off of out of South Florida that plays these key positions. And again, I think it just goes back to recruiting and needing to keep some of these you know talent these you know local guys, especially at those skill positions, home. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at TorresLionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Safety. Um, you know, Cam Kitchens was recognized by some publications as a All-American. He definitely had a good season in 2022. Uh, and of course, James Williams, who was largely held out of the spring as he recovered from an off-season procedure. Big-time talented player. Flashes that talent. Still has to kind of put things together uh, to maximize his potential, in my opinion. Uh, but there is no doubt that there is a lot of talent there to tap into. Um, you look at ACC championship game caliber teams recently. And, you know, I think as long as you have a solid 
safety that can be a dependable tackler, dependable in coverage, which I think Cam Kitchens definitely is both those things. Um, I think in general, if you compare it to these other ACC championship game caliber teams, you're in good shape. Uh, and so I would say Miami is at the line here at safety. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to maybe be a little bit more morbid here, but I mean, okay. I, I, I think I, I would still go below the line. And I, I, okay. I think Cam Kitchens had, uh, I think he had a really good year and, you know, I think his great performances were great, but I think that there's still, I mean, again, I mean, he was a true sophomore and I'm not taking anything away from what he accomplished. Again, he, he was recognized as an all American, but I think that he still even has a, a, a ways to go. And I think he has all the right leadership characteristics. And I honestly just don't feel super great about James Williams. And I don't know. I feel like he still, I feel like he still has a long way to go. And I think that, you know, he has all the elite pro. I mean, the guy is a freak athlete. I mean, you look at him and he's just like, I can't like, you can't even believe this guy's a safety. He has all of that. And then I think the debt, I mean, and I, I just don't think James Williams has, you know, done. I don't think he's lived up to, all that. And I think the depth is also pretty thin. Like we saw Markeith Williams was just a retro freshman. Um, he's, you know, second year freshman. He's, he's kind of, he was stepping into that James Williams role. I feel like he's still, maybe we just don't know what we have in that and him yet. And then you got Brian Balaam who Miami, you know, who almost, almost transferred at one point that Miami had to, you know, kind of get him out of the portal. And then again, you got a young guy in Caleb Spencer, who again I think could be good. But I just think that there's still like outside of like Cameron Kitchens, who again feel great about. Still, I don't know that this safety room. And I'm not saying that again. I I don't have all like the like. I just feel like there's there's there needs to be more there. And again, I think uh I think James Williams is you know what he's done or I guess lack thereof I think that's what probably has me most like concerned and maybe that's me being a little bit too harsh let me ask know. you this could it be could it be fair and true to say okay maybe James Williams is not going to fulfill the recruiting ranking of being a top 10 player in the country maybe that's fair to say but is it could it also at the same time be fair to say Okay, maybe he can still go out and be a fifth, sixth, seventh round NFL draft pick when all said and done. And at the end of the day, that means you're a good college player. Yeah, but I also okay. I I think if it was based like, do you feel like he's uh, even a late round draft pick based uh, based on production alone? Do you think he's uh, even a late round NFL draft pick right now? I think not. I, because I, I think, think what close. will get him draft, I think what will get him drafted is the fact is, is that size. And again, I, I want to see how maybe Lance Gidry wants to use him or how he chooses to use him. Because I do think that maybe this scheme, I mean, he he is so versatile that maybe he can elevate that stock, or maybe he just plays better. I'm not I'm not saying he needs to be a first round pick. I'm not saying he needs to be a top ten or perform like a top. We would expect a top ten recruit too. But I like, I feel like he's just not. I feel like he's. So I would has, say this. I think ahead. it's fair that he is not, he's inconsistent at times. I think that's fair to say. But, I mean, look, he was, he's a sophomore. Yeah. And, and he was second on the team in tackles last year. First on the team was Cam Kitchens, 59 tackles. Second on the team was James Williams, 58 tackles. So, I think he's, again, I think he's fine. I don't think he's, to me, he's not going to be, the top 10 player in the country type of good. Yeah. 
but I do think he will end up being an NFL draft pick caliber player. And to me, that's, that's okay at this point. Yeah. But I think everything you're saying is fair. Um, You know, because he, he should be. um, That's probably where my, and that's where my frustration, I think. Or impactful. Right. I feel like he should be more impactful. And I feel like the, like the names, James Williams is just like, you know, I feel like I just I, I want to see more than just like, you know, the big name or anything out there to feel better about the safety room. Um, but yeah, right. no, I mean, I, I, I don't get think that. he's like he, a he, bad player. He's not a he's right. not a bad player. I, I think he needs to. I just think, yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, he, he's going to be a junior this year. I mean, I'm hoping that we see some improvement from him. So, I mean, I guess that's where I'm at. Just like I probably just want to see more from James Williams. And I think that's fair. I'm with you on the depth. I that's where I struck like to me. The starters are at the line. The depth, to me, is below the line. Um, so, you know, hopefully injuries don't pop up with Cam Kitchens and James Williams during the course of the season where you got to start dipping into that depth. Um, but, yeah, I, I would per- personally put it at the line. I don't push back on what you're saying here, Gabby, though, uh, about James Williams and even Cam Kitchens because – there was no doubt, like especially in that first half of the season, Cam he's, had a lot of things to clean up. I do think sure. he did clean up though in the he second did. half of the season. So, uh, anyways, recapping the defense, you know, I think defensive end at the line, D tackle at or slightly below the line, linebacker at the line, corner big time under the line, safety at or below the line slightly. So, in general, you know. I do think this defense can be improved year over year if they can figure out how to best hide the cornerback room. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, hide the cornerback room. Ben, but don't break. Ben, but don't break. Let's get some Mark D'Onofrio in here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they can, manage that situation and and anytime Miami plays a big time quarterback um that's going to be something to monitor uh, in terms of how those corners get picked on uh specialists we don't have to talk too much about them but yeah I, I feel it's at the line good For enough sure. you know I think your kicker punter tandem is Fine. strong and I think they have explosive potential I'm curious which way they go with it in the return game you know, that's not decided until the end of fall camp. But I, I, if it were me, I'd like to see these freshmen get an opportunity. Uh, Ray Ray Joseph in the punt return game. I'd also see what he's got in the kick return game. But in the kick return game, I'm, I'm intrigued by Chris Johnson, the incoming running back. That's a uh, track star. Yeah, I think I think Chris Johnson in that game. And, and David, you were with me, I think, when we went to go when he when we watched or maybe it was Chris that we watched him work out for the previous staff last summer. Uh, I think it was right. before one of those camps and they were working Chris Johnson out as a, as a return man. So, I mean, I, I, I think that that's something that they definitely have in the plans for him. And Andres Borgales, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to do fine. Dylan Joyce. I mean, we watched him punt at that open practice that we, well, not the open practice, but the practice that we watched. Um, and I thought he punted fine. I think in the spring game, even he was, he was, yeah. he was good. Um, and then I think maybe, you know, Restrepo, Xavier Strepo, I think is, you know, a reliable punt return guy, if that's the re- the direction that they want to go in. And I think in the kick return game, I think that there could, they could find some of their, 
they can unlock maybe some of that explosiveness with a guy like Chris Johnson, who just has that elite speed. So it could be a lot of fun. And the staff did a good job, I think, of scheming up return opportunities for the returners. So they did a nice job in that regard as well. Uh, Gabby, let's get out of here on this. So coming out of the spring, this is before the portal window is closed. So, you know, and also two additions could happen during the summer, et cetera, et cetera, for guys that are in the portal, but have not decided. Uh, but right now, you know, coming out of the spring game with where things were at with the roster, I kind of viewed it as a seven or eight win team. How do you view it? Yeah, I think I'm probably still in that same ballpark. Um, I, I do think, I mean, let's see what they do here in the transfer portal, because I do think that they can make a few moves that could maybe help me like feel. So let me ask about, you. Yeah. Let's say hypothetically, they add Jaden Davis, mm-hmm. Xavier Henderson, who is a wide receiver from Florida, went to Miami Columbus in high school. Uh, he's in the portal. Xavier Henderson, I think this past year over just over 400 receiving yards, yeah. right? But Got to keep in mind, Florida's passing game was a little limited last year. Um, And then let's say, hypothetically, they add Taiwan Malone, the defensive tackle from Ole Miss that we referenced earlier. Those three additions alone, how much does that impact your win total expectations for this year? Yeah, I I think it would help me feel better. Like I think it would probably push me from like that seven to eight win range, and maybe I would fall into that eight or nine win range. Just because, yeah, I think like feel really good about eight. Uh, you know, I would probably maybe again, maybe have to see a little bit more, just kind of get some like, you know, feedback, but I would probably maybe even start pushing closer to even nine wins just because I think they, they've been, they've been needing to add a wide receiver. And I think Xavier Henderson is like that size speed combo that they're looking for. He was like a four by 400, a relay state champ at Columbus. I mean, he was like a top again, not that the recruiting rankings matter now as a transfer, but he was a, you know, top 70 recruit. He's extremely talented has NFL bloodlines, his older brother. Guy. Right. And, and again, I think Miami needs a guy who can stretch the field and, you know, make plays. And I think he'd be a really good addition there. Jaden Davis, again, the overall depth, I think I would just feel better about just the corners, yep. just knowing that there's another veteran experienced guy who's played a lot of football. Um, I'd feel better about that. And then Taiwan Malone, for the reasons I mentioned earlier, you know, I think that big body uh, along the interior defensive line, I think it just, it, it adds a little bit more to three, you know, I think weaknesses on the team. Or, or just yep. maybe just places where they, they they can just get a little bit more out of. And I think that that would help, especially offensively. I think Tyler Van Dyke just needs one more weapon. I think the room has shown improvement, but getting just one more guy in there, a veteran guy who's played who's played some football, I think he's like, again, doesn't really mean much, but he's like the third leading receiver on Florida's roster. Uh, again, he he's kind of played at a high level, played SEC football. And I think coming to the ACC, he could find some success. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think with those three additions, I would probably push like that. Maybe I mentally, I'd probably be in that eight to nine win range rather than the seven to eight. Okay. I'd probably go just solidly eight. You know what yeah. I mean? I still don't know if that's a nine win caliber team, but I'd feel pretty strong about eight wins if they could just add some, those three pieces in particular. So, uh, hopefully, you know, this podcast was informative for our listeners in terms of how we view the roster. Um, and again, this is, if we're talking eight wins in 2022 or sorry, 2023, that's year over year improvement. Uh, and and I think we do have to keep in mind what Miami was last year. They were a five and seven team in which it's not like they were a five and seven team 
and they lost a bunch of heartbreaking close games in the fourth quarter. They were a five and seven team in which, you know, half of those seven losses, maybe even slightly more than half, were blowouts. Um, so they have they have some ways to go to get to where we set the line at for this podcast in terms of 10 win team good enough to play in the ACC championship game uh, so anyways that's how we view the roster at this time and uh, we will see what ha- what shakes out with the portal window closing here in the next little less than a week so appreciate everyone for listening uh, off season's here but recruiting never stops so Check out Gabby's work on the website at InsideTheU.com. Thank you to all our sponsors. Your support means so much to us. And until next time, take care. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.